today's first lesson will be on turning. Twenty-four. <laughs> hey, Patrick. What? I thought of something funnier than twenty-four. Let me hear it. Twenty-five. <laughs> Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the third season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Today's episode is New Student Starfish. It is the first half of the 53rd episode of SpongeBob, and it first premiered on September 20th, 2002. It was written by Paul Tibbet, Kent Osborne, and Mark O'Hare. Our storyboard artists are Carson Kugler, Heather Martinez, William Reese, and Mike Roth. Our storyboard directors are Paul Tibbet and Ken Osborne. Our animation director is Tom Yasumi, and our creative director is Derek Dryman. If at any point during your time in school, whether it's elementary or primary school, middle school, high school, college, if you ever brought a friend along you know, with you to a class that they didn't belong to, or you were that friend that went to a class that you didn't belong to. And this is an episode that will probably spark memories of those moments. If you happen to have any, if you, if you attended another class and didn't goof off or get in any trouble or anything like that, then, then maybe this episode won't bring up any sort of those memories, but I don't know. I have, I have one in particular and this episode reminds me of it and we'll get to that later, but uh, if by the the logo of this of this episode doesn't give it away, we are of course dealing with a school setting, and not just any school setting. We are of course going to Bikini Bottom's only known school in town, Mrs. Puff's Boating School. And when it's not normally a boating school, well, it's always a boating school, but in some episodes, it is a normal driving school, a, a one-room building, maybe a bathroom or two, and, uh, and and that's it, a driving track outside. That's all you would really need. But in other episodes, sometimes this school expands on itself and becomes more of what you would expect in an elementary school or a, a middle school with lockers and stairs, a, a second floor, hallways, and what, what happened here with uh, Mrs. Puff's now, if you go back and, and look at any of the dialogue that went around during the pre-production of SpongeBob SquarePants, Nickelodeon wanted SpongeBob to be a bit younger. They wanted him to be able to go to school so that they could tell stories that have to do with school. But Steven and a lot of the other, you know, creative minds working behind the show didn't necessarily want to just make SpongeBob a kid. He is an adult. He lives on his own. He has a job. But the caveat was to put him in boating school so that, that this this place that he could attend for certain stories could then expand on itself to tell school, quote unquote, esque stories and, and have a little bit of fun and put SpongeBob back in, in situations where he's skewed on a, a little bit of the younger side. But it still works out in their world, hence the fact that he's going to boating school and if also the title of this episode didn't give it away, we are also dealing with a Patrick episode given. I don't think there could ever be a SpongeBob SquarePants episode that has starfish in the title that wouldn't deal with Patrick whatsoever. So we have a Mrs. Puff's Boating School Patrick episode, a combo that we 
don't necessarily get to see all the time. And boy, do we go on nice uh, one nice ride in this episode. But uh, before we even get to Mrs. Puffs, I got to mention this opening sequence here, this very quick opening sequence of some sort of uh, morning, you know, wake up machine for invention uh, for SpongeBob. Now, it's not as fancy as as these other two that I'm going to mention, but it just reminds me of the opening sequence of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, the the whole like Rube Goldberg type machine that Pee-wee has running his whole breakfast of his house. But this also reminds me of Wallace and Gromit. Specifically now, what I'm talking about here is apparently right when SpongeBob wakes up, uh, Gary has a button in front of him that when Gary presses it, it sends SpongeBob's bed like a spring and, and sends SpongeBob shooting out. Now, we have seen that part in previous episodes before. We have seen SpongeBob's bed, you know, do that and fling SpongeBob out to, you know, various parts of the room, most specifically a calendar, a massive calendar that he has on one wall. But for this specific morning, the bed flings him out into his uh, library chair which apparently already has a hot cup of tea waiting for him. He bounces off of that chair. While that's happening, Gary, after pressing the button, goes over to a toaster, puts in some bread, pushes the you know plunger down of the toaster, and then the toast spits out of the air. SpongeBob grabs it in his mouth while he's you know coming back down after bouncing off of the chair into his square pants. Ladies and gentlemen, there we have it. A morning well done, except... For the fact that SpongeBob kind of mentions that the toast could be a little bit darker next time. And Gary gives a little bit of a like an uh, annoyed face that right there. This has to be some sort of homage to Wallace and Gromit, because it just reminds me of the the of course, the invention of waking up in the morning. There's always some sort of contraption that Wallace has to aid his his morning escapades. But just the fact that he, you know, would throw a little like not passive aggressive, but just kind of, you know, uh, things to Gromit to change, little notes like, ah, oh, you could do this differently, lad. And and Gromit would give that real annoyed, like, look. And just this moment here between SpongeBob and Gary, all of it just screams Wallace and Gromit to me. And I love that. I absolutely love it. Before SpongeBob gets to leave the house, he is interrupted by Patrick. Patrick comes over because, I mean, it's time for them to play. But, of course, this given a, a completely different Mrs. Puff's experience spongebob now has a, a seemingly different school schedule he's he's actually attending school it's in a, like a full eight hour day type school it's not just like a one hour or two hour class which one would expect for it for a boating school but uh this this whole little dialogue sequence that happens in the beginning here between spongebob and patrick one of the most adorable endearing patrick moments i think in the show's run Maybe that's a bit much. Maybe that's a bit heavy. But I really think about it. It's such an, a, an adorable, cute sequence. I've used this uh, this kind of back and forth in, act in real life before of, you know, just even somebody who knows of the show, like, what do you do when I'm doing this? Wait for you to get back. It's it's an absolutely perfect response. The, the performance of Patrick here, it's just... Bill Fagerbaki absolutely knocks it out of the park with Patrick in this episode. He he always steps up. He always steps up to the plate. He never pulls back when it comes to Patrick. But there's something really endearing about Patrick in this episode. I, I can't put my finger on it, but that moment really helps solidify that in this episode. 
SpongeBob then comes up with the great idea that he should just bring Patrick to school with him, which, you know, fair enough. It is a boating school. Patrick, for all I know, doesn't have his boating license. So he can go to the school, get his boating license. It's it not shouldn't be a big deal for him to attend. Now, this is where uh, this is like 630 in the morning, just about or 620. SpongeBob said he was running late to school, but classes don't start until nine or I, I think 10. Either way, SpongeBob is arriving to the school hours before his classes start, which is absolutely a SpongeBob thing to do. We've seen this guy go into the Krusty Krab at like three or four in the morning to count the sesame seeds. It, it, this guy is a complete level of dedication that is unbeknownst to most people. And it's it's crazy. Who shows up to school that early? Especially if there's nothing to do. If you have something to do, sure. But yeah, it's the one thing that I guess is nice about this is he gets to give Patrick a tour of the school without there being a single soul, not even a janitor in the hallways. The school is, is completely empty. And we get to see parts of Mrs. Puff's boating school that we've never seen before and and. Honestly, we will rarely ever see it again, only when Miss there's a need for Mrs. Puff's boating school to expand to this level. But SpongeBob gives uh, Patrick a nice little tour around uh, Mrs. Puff's boating school, every little bit of it, including the classroom, which is, is mainly the only part of Mrs. Puff's that we know 110% is real, this one-room classroom. And in it, there are two things of note that we, we should talk about that are very specific for this episode. One of which is the good noodle board, which this is going to be, of course, different for a lot of people because depending on where you went to school and, and ultimately who taught you, because a lot of the decorations and sometimes gimmicks in these classrooms are at the at the feet of the teacher to do. And there are some kids out there who get to experience really creative and fun teachers who go out of their way to, you know, present at least a, a different aspect to your your everyday lives, such as a good noodle board. And then sometimes there's teachers that, you know, hey, that's just not their bag. That's not what they do. They, they don't create extra stuff like this. They're here to teach you. And I get it. Uh, but this is so you might have gone throughout your entire career in school without ever coming across a system like the good noodle board, you know, rewarding somebody with with little stickers. I certainly have had teachers who have done that. I, for the life of me, cannot remember any of the systems. I, I remember in elementary school, they had student of the month, which every, every month, every grade, every class would elect a, a student to be student of the month. Uh, I didn't win mine until the fourth grade, I, and not that I was a bad kid, but I, I, as I've mentioned before, there was just a lot of cases where it was just like wrong place, wrong time, teacher looking at Eric, gotcha, Captain. And uh, and so it, I had one teacher, my fourth grade teacher, probably one of my, my favorite teachers in, in my entire school history, um, really got behind me and really helped push me to, to an entirely new level of of maturity that got me to win student of the month and it was a great feeling it was like being a, a, a good noodle for a day and winning that award and then having my family at that assembly it's a 
it's a moment in time I will never forget. It's a core memory that I'll never forget. And, it, and that teacher connected with it. I'll never forget her on that. But for the life of me, other than the student of the month, I can't remember any other any other aspects. I know in fifth grade, our teacher would have a constant supply of Laffy Taffy, little little Laffy Taffies. And if you ever did something good or, uh, you know, got a question right or if she just deemed fit, she would just hand out a Laffy Taffy to the kids. I know that that's not the greatest thing in the world. And and also, let me just say, it's not like she was handing out these pieces of candy like 10 a day or anything. It was like a once in a while, like you had to do something really good to earn it. But it looks like that uh, the system here that Mrs. Puff has put in place pretty much honors anybody who can excel at literally anything. And it just seems that, of course, SpongeBob is is a, is just miles ahead of everybody else. Lloyd, Sheila, Paco, Debbie, and Horace all trailing behind SpongeBob. Now, visually, he has about 24 good noodle stars on the board. But according to SpongeBob, he has 74 good noodle stars, which means either he has obviously earned more than enough to fill the board. So it just means that there's more stars just off the board somewhere else that he's earned or... The 74 is his cumulative throughout the year. And what you see before you is maybe just the current current semester or the current week or the current month of uh, of good noodle stars, his earnings. But yeah, according to SpongeBob, he has 74 good noodle stars. I think it's something really fun for Mrs. Puff to do. Um, it, you know, any sort of little honor system is always going to be something nice. Earning those stars are going to hopefully be a good feeling for those people. It's kind of a shame that we really don't see Patrick, you know, although we see his name get written on the board there, we don't see him earn a good noodle star throughout this episode. I don't know if anyone has ever actually sat back and thought about that for just one second, but I feel like we we lost an opportunity there to, to see Patrick earn his, uh, his very first good noodle star. The other part of this classroom that is unique for this episode is Roger. Roger is the class pet, but also it seems to be like the class metaphor for driving and knowing knowledge to be safe. And essentially Roger is uh, is an egg. It is an it is an unhatched egg that for the size of the characters and the show and everything that we know about the upper world and underwater doesn't make sense for one, especially given the ending. But either way, it is an egg inside of a inside of a cage, uh, like a glass kind of like fish tank, if you will. But it's an egg sitting there and then it's got a single light bulb above it, which apparently is supposed to be a metaphor of, of knowledge and what SpongeBob goes through this whole diatribe of what roger means what the light bulb means and yeah i just i don't buy it i think he's just the class pet i don't think mrs puff is deep enough to put so much thought into roger and what he means and the metaphor like i don't believe that i think that's just all a spongebob thing that he's putting on to the reasoning behind why they have this class egg i feel like Mrs. Puff being lazy enough to just get an egg, throw it in a in a tank and call it a day and just say, that's our class pet. 
that feels like a Mrs. Puff thing to do. Just full on uh, cut corners and just get the cheapest pet possible. You don't even have to take care of it. She She's probably not even expecting that thing to really hatch. I mean, it's underwater. I don't know what the, the thought process would be there. Now, we get to finally see the class start. And Mrs. Puff immediately recognizes that there's a new student in, in the classroom. And, and I got to give props for the way that she presented herself with a with a new student in the classroom. Gives him the chance to kind of introduce himself and talk to the class. And we get this real, really iconic moment in, in SpongeBob history. I know I, I already said that for for another part of this episode, but come on now, 24, 25. This is, this is some of the best moments in SpongeBob history with just some very simple numbers, taking something so simple as the number 25 and making it one of the funniest jokes in SpongeBob history. I mean, an entire generation out there can laugh at hearing one number, which, you know, if anything speaks extremely high, to the, the writing staff of this show at this time to be able to take something so simple as characters laughing and giggling at, at a number and it all of a sudden just becomes a, a cultural cultural inside joke that, you know, who knows 150 years from now if, if there's even going to still be people who, who get that joke, who find it funny. But I will find out eventually. I, I can tell you it'll still be funny in 25 years. Now, the, what happens here is Patrick mistakenly uh, says his name is 24 to the crowd, to the classroom, and uh, when sitting down, doesn't really understand why the, the whole classroom is laughing at him, because it, it would be funny if somebody just went up and said their name was 24, and now Mrs. Puff certainly not impressed by this whatsoever. She immediately knows the kind of student she's going to have to be dealing with in Patrick, so when Patrick sits down, he's really confused as to why everybody is laughing at him saying 24. SpongeBob knows, like, hey, it's in the timing of what you said. Although I, I think it's just he could have said really anything other than his name, anything really silly. I think that that crowd is just desperate for for just some sort of entertainment. I don't know why I keep calling him a crowd. It's it's the uh, it's the classroom. It's the other students. I just think they're desperate for anything different, anything other than the mundane, boring daily routine of going to Mrs. Puff's boating school. So a new student coming up and saying their name is 24. Hilarious. SpongeBob comes up with something that is funnier than 24 because they just start like uncontrollably laughing about it. And of course the joke being there 25, which then by the way, every single cake out there of a 25 year old who then gets that image uh, made onto the cake is just awesome. Like I absolutely love Every single 25-year-old's cake that just makes the SpongeBob joke. Like, come on. What single joke out there has made more cakes than than that SpongeBob joke? I That has to have the Guinness World Record for that. I don't know. There's obviously no way of, of really tracking that. But I, I got to feel confident in saying that. That there's not a another joke that has made it onto more cakes than the 25 joke from Spongebob. That's That's got to be a thing. As far as Captain Erica is concerned, that's just a fact at this point. Now, right after this exchange, Patrick then decides to interrupt Spongebob with a drawing he made of Mrs. Puff. A very crude-looking drawing that calls Mrs. Puff a big, fat meanie and also uh, 
puts a little piece of poop next to her as if she had just done that. Mrs. Puff, you know, he passes the drawing over to SpongeBob and SpongeBob's not amused with this drawing whatsoever. He knows like it's not it's not fun to make fun of the teacher and he probably he likes Mrs. Puff, so he thinks it's really rude. And of course, like in classic fashion, you can see this coming a mile away while the drawing is in SpongeBob's hand. Mrs. Puff then grabs it, takes a look at the photo, and and we get probably one of the not only top three jokes of, of this episode, but it's probably one of the top three best Mrs. Puff jokes in the show's run. But when Mrs. Puff looks at this drawing of, of herself, this really crude looking drawing, the, the camera then cuts to a, to a wider shot of, of her right next to SpongeBob, and she is now drawn exactly like the picture. And, um, you know, and she she seems to be more offended that the drawing doesn't really look like her than the contents of the drawing. Like the fact that her response is as if I really look like this and she doesn't really mention anything else. And if you notice during that moment, there's even a little drawn piece of uh, uh, poop right on the on the floor there. It's it's not brown or anything. It's just kind of. You know, black uh, marks, black blotches, but they're they're in the same area next to Mrs. Puff as they are in the drawing. So they're only there for like a split second. But it's really funny that they, they added the, those there in the first place. Uh, they didn't have to. They really didn't have to. They could have just kept it to Patrick's drawing. And at this point, now that SpongeBob has disrupted the class twice, it is time for him to lose a good noodle star. Mrs. Puff takes out a tiny little shovel, like the size of, of a razor, like if you were shaving your your facial hair, a uh, little, little, little tiny shovel. She goes up, clip, clips off a one of SpongeBob's stars in this kind of prolonged, elongated sequence to just go over how devastating this is for SpongeBob. This is one of the worst things that could happen to the guy. He has earned those good noodle stars with hard work, determination, and sweat. Mostly his sweat. But the fact that now that one gets taken away because of Patrick, uh, this is this is really inappropriate. Which, if I didn't mention before, the whole 25 fiasco of them constantly giggling about 25 caused Mrs. Puff to kind of shout out to them to to st- stop disrupting the class. So there was already a moment where Mrs. Puff had addressed SpongeBob on his disruptions with Patrick. So now this is the second time and he loses a good noodle star because of it. And even worse is he loses his privileges of sitting at the front of the class. And now he has to go sit at the back of the class where all the the misfits sit. The the kids that don't want to be there have to sit. And we get this visual joke of when SpongeBob goes to the back, it seemingly is in the the back corner of the room that no one has worked on ever, probably since the building has been built. But it's just this one corner of the room where the walls are broken. You can see the brick behind them. The floorboards are dirty. It's it's disgusting. There's papers everywhere. It's just the chair is dingy and gross. There's markings all over the walls. School is for nematodes. Wow, what kind of what kind of kids are sitting back here? Kind of lowlifes. The ones who, who can who can't even hear Mrs. Puff from the back of the room. 
so that they don't even have to pay attention. So they just draw on their on their desk. School is for chumps. SpongeBob doesn't belong back there. He doesn't belong in an area where down with learning is is above all, which is another piece of uh, graffiti on the uh, on the desk there. Down with learning. This this whole part of the room clearly, you know, meant to be the the classrooms where there are certainly more troubled students and and there's just the ones that'll sit in the back and and draw on their desks the ones that don't want to pay attention to the teacher and normally you if you don't want to pay attention to your teacher the further away you're gonna sit from them that's kind of the point that's the joke here i i certainly love the whole visual difference going back and forth even with Patrick and SpongeBob just seeing like they kept they kept up the joke of just how dark and disgusting this one corner of the room is and we go through an entirely other sequence here where where Patrick is trying to get SpongeBob's attention and SpongeBob is trying to ignore him he already lost one good noodle star he's not looking to get in any more trouble and Patrick is just not getting in trouble himself he's seemingly skirting all responsibility of this situation um, now, the whole idea of being in a classroom that you don't belong in, causing some trouble, or, or just being an overall nuisance. Now, when I was a bit younger, I had a friend who was going to come and stay over my house, but before he could stay over, he had to attend his weekly CCD class, which uh, is, is more of a religious learning for the church that he was a part of. And I had, you know, I, I still wanted to hang out with him for, I think he was going to be gone for an hour um, until he would come back to my house. So I asked him, like, hey, can I go with you to your CCD class? And he said, yeah, sure. I don't I don't see why that's not a problem. So I, I went along with him to his class. We went to the school. It was within a walking distance. So we walked over and we went in and the teacher definitely does not like having other people in the class who are not meant to be there. You, I remember telling off the bat that this woman was extremely uncomfortable with just a random kid coming in to be taught. I can also see the other hand, other teachers taking that and seeing it as an opportunity to like maybe bring another person into this group and, and a part of this classroom. But this woman was the exact opposite. And look, I will tell you, my friend and I, certainly nuisances in the room. But what ended up happening was just absolutely completely out of my control. I w had a bit of an upset stomach that day. And I had, uh, unfortunately, during a quiet session of the classroom, could not. I tried to hold back wind, but ended up letting out a fart that echoed. Not only in the classroom, but in the hallway. And I, I look, I swear to the seven seas, I was not trying to purposely make it as loud as it was. I was literally trying to hold back. I should have went to the bathroom, but uncomfortable situation, uncomfortable building I've never been in. I just saw fit to just stay still. And, uh, and it happened. It happened. It was bad. I made the class laugh. It was, it was very much like Patrick's 24 moment. The problem was I didn't have a teacher there that was just like, eh, move on, you know, oh, another one of these. I was immediately kicked out of that class and, and just kicked out of the building and <laughs> uh, never went to a CCD class again. 
I don't know what to tell you. It didn't really seem too inviting for me, but it, it's it's an unfortunate moment. I'm like, I'm glad it happened. Looking back on it, it certainly makes me laugh. I feel bad for that teacher. I wish she knew my intentions were were not to disrupt her her class, but my uh, my body, I guess, saw it differently than than what I did. Now, uh, Patrick goes through a, a crazy time trying to get SpongeBob's attention in this situation, and it ends up making SpongeBob look even worse and gets him even more trouble. These are one of those situations where, and I'm sure we could all think of a time with a sibling or a friend, a classmate, where it just seemed like it was always one-sided. If any situation, you would be the one getting caught. You would be the one being noticed. I can certainly think of a situation or two with a with a sibling or a friend of feeling like, the SpongeBob in this situation where it's just like, can you can you look over and see that other person doing all of this? Stop stop looking over at me and, and paying attention to me. I'm not doing anything wrong. I, I generally feel bad for SpongeBob in this in this whole episode. He was trying to do something really nice for Patrick and it ended up ruining a bit of his his relationship there with uh with Mrs. Puff and uh and and even putting him at odds with Patrick too, who is completely oblivious to literally everything going on, even asking Mrs. Puff if, if it's nap time, which means that he at least remembers nap time from his his days of going to school, but that's about all he remembers. So the two of them eventually get into an argument. Uh, there's Now, this is weird. There is apparently a recess portion of your boating school experience. So if you're an adult and you're going to boating school... To learn, you also then have a recess as well, which is is pretty cool. I wish I still had recess up until the the later years of my schooling. I, I wish there was just a designated recess time. Although when you're in college, when you're not in a class, you can kind of do what you want, and you're basically in recess at that point. But the the whole the whole conversation between the two characters out in the hallway. One of my highlights of this episode: Patrick coming over, completely oblivious to all of the. All of the negative negativity he's brought onto SpongeBob. SpongeBob's like really angst, the anger that he has over losing that good noodle star. He is hurt by that. And the two of them decide to fight. They're gonna have a school fight right here in the middle of the of the hallway. And a bunch of students just crowd around him. They want to see a fight. They want to see these two beat the ever-living barnacles out of one another. And as you're watching them punch each other, you then look over at the crowd and they go from cheering fight to nothing. They stop cheering and they start noticing that SpongeBob and Patrick are just absolutely terrible at, at fighting and are just kind of punching the air at one another. In comes Mrs. Puff, who then decides, you know, finally she brought some justice onto Patrick and is not just coming over and blaming SpongeBob as she's been doing throughout the entire episode. But she comes over and notices that these two are fighting and, and this is the last straw for Mrs. Puff. She is now bringing on another portion of boating school that you didn't think was a part of boating school detention. Apparently you can pay to go to boating school and, uh, and get a detention. That's crazy. That's really crazy. But like I, as I mentioned, this entire episode is it's changing up the entire facade and inner workings of Mrs. Puffs to fit this school level narrative that they wanted to tell so the fact that these two are fighting, she gives them both immediate detention. And while they're stuck in detention, 
which I'm guessing instead of just having a separate room in the school for detention, it's just Mrs. Puff's classroom. Because as far as I know, there is only one solid room in this in this school. That and the bathroom. That's all I, I've ever seen thus far in the episodes in the in the run. We'll, we'll, we'll get to more, but... As they're sitting here in the classroom, they're throwing out angry barbs at one another, which it, it reminds me, it's just another childhood thing when hurt people hurt. You know, when you're feeling down, you want to just throw hurtful things at, at a person who hurt you because you you want them to understand how you're feeling. Because that's all we're, what we're looking for. We're looking for mutual understandings. And so these two are just throwing all of these angry barbs at one another. And once Roger is brought into question and that... That there would still be hate on the table if Roger's light bulb went out. Of course, Roger's light bulb goes out. A light bulb that we have been told is the life force to keep Roger alive. That there is no other heat source underwater to keep this this egg alive other than this light bulb. The, the two characters obviously still at odds with one another over earlier events prolong their uh, their help of Roger in this situation until they eventually put together their teamwork and decide that they have to help the class pet. SpongeBob decides to keep Roger nice and warm while Patrick heads over to the utility closet to get a new light bulb. One of my favorite jokes in this episode is when he opens up the utility closet to get a light bulb, he sees there's a light bulb and we get this big shot of a massive mountain of light bulbs. And the camera zooms up to what Patrick was talking about. And it's, in fact, the one working, like, plugged-in light bulb at the very top of the mountain and completely ignoring the fact that there are literally hundreds to possibly thousands of light bulbs in this room. So and we also get a nice little uh, uh, shout-out here. It reminds me of the Price, of, Price is Right of the, the yodeling man. We get Patrick, like... Climbing up the side of the light bulb mountain here in a in a nice uh, classic. Is it is it Dutch? The yodeling is is from. He's just in the in the classic attire you would expect someone who is a yodeler to be wearing. And even up at the top, he's got a big old Matterhorn. And I love the whole joke. I love the reference. Uh, the whole aspect of this episode, I I enjoy SpongeBob and Patrick's little come together and their teamwork. I absolutely adore it. Uh, Patrick gets the light bulb successfully, brings it back to the classroom, and we save Roger's life. Now, luckily, this whole process between the two characters was not lost because Mrs. Puff was watching the entire sequence behind her two-way chalkboard, which I have to imagine a lot of educators out there would, would like in the regard that then you can have your your superiors watch in your classroom. So when you're trying to tell them how rude some of your kids can be and they're, you know, they're just hearing hearsay. They're just hearing your word. It's like, no, how about you go into the the room behind the chalkboard and watch for yourself and and use the two way board. Although they don't really have chalkboards in many classrooms um, these days. It's mostly whiteboards. If you are still attending a school out there in the world that uses a chalkboard, please do not feel like you're missing out on whiteboards or smart boards in enjoy that chalkboard i miss chalkboards i hated that they took them out of all schools i like i get it i i get that people thought that there were better things and in ways that they are better but in other ways i still miss the chalkboard bring it back in classrooms so relish your chalkboard if you have it 
Um, but we, yeah, we get Mrs. Puff who was watching and saw the entire sequence of events play out in front of her. I don't think that was the plan. I don't think she knew that Roger's light bulb was going to go out and make it an attempt to, to bring together the teamwork of SpongeBob Patrick, but that's also a possibility in a weird way. Mrs. Puff is certainly, uh, capable of some extremely weird things. So uh, I wouldn't put it past her, but we, we get this, this kind of nice moment at the end where SpongeBob gets a bit of redemption for himself with Mrs. Puff and, uh, and earns back his good noodle star. And I know I said earlier that, that Patrick, we didn't really get to see him earn one. I, I more meant that we didn't really get to see him earn one on the board. Like we didn't get to see a star next to Patrick's name, but he earns one right here with helping out SpongeBob save Roger's life. But Patrick is not interested in boating school and, uh, and actually thought that he was attending Spanish class with SpongeBob, which is a completely just hilarious joke on its own that you know, you sat there all day and you thought this was Spanish class. Like really, there was not a lick of Spanish. Um, but the, the chef's kiss moment of this episode is Patrick immediately walking away. Like once he figures out that it's not Spanish class and that it is boating school, he has no interest and just goes like, yeah, see a SpongeBob, see a big fat meanie. And, and walks off to our episode's end. The fact that he actually just flat out calls Mrs. Puff Big Fat Meanie is is worth every every single penny, is worth the time to get through this episode. What a joke to end on. It's one of my, like, probably one of my favorite ending jokes of SpongeBob history. There's, like, a lot of weird, uh, like, top five, top tens I could make of, of like, very specific kinds of jokes in Spongebob and in terms of jokes right at the end of an episode those like last bit stingers right as it ends this is one of the best ones just comes out of left field you would never expect him to be so blatantly rude and here's Patrick just being so blatantly rude and you know it's it's coupled with all of the adorable moments that preceded it it just makes the character that much more endearing I can't explain it more beyond that and that is new student starfish uh certainly an episode that reminds me a lot about school it reminds me of a lot of those specific moments that one specific story i brought brought up for you guys it certainly is still a part of this ongoing uh streak that we've had in spongebob where all of these episodes are are truly top tier of the series and and it's it's going to continue on through next week in the episode of clam so with that, that is this week's episode of the Squarecast. Thank you so much for listening. And for listeners of the show, if you were a listener of This Week in Nickelodeon History, you can now find that at its very own podcast through Spotify, through Apple Podcasts, through Google Podcasts. Just search up This Week in Nickelodeon History. If you do not find it, I will start having links uh, for the Spotify page of This Week in Nickelodeon History in the podcast description of the Squarecast. So if you're listening right now, you can look at the podcast description and click right on over to start listening to This Week in Nickelodeon History. Um, and I have changed the show up a bit. Starting after episode 52, I wasn't just going to go right back around giving all the same stories, talking about all the same stuff all over again. No, no, no. I changed things up. Now it's just 
strictly about the Nickelodeon channel, kind of cut things off from Noggin and The N and Nicktoons Network, at least for a year. But in its place, I am now covering all of the Nickelodeon video games. That's right. I went through and have an entire calendar filled of all of the different Nickelodeon video game anniversaries, all of the different nuanced, ridiculous titles you've probably never even heard of that I'll be covering week to week on this week in Nickelodeon history on top of all of the show anniversaries. So if you've never listened to it and you would like more Captain Eric, I, I advise you it is worth checking out. It's a whole completely different vibe and feeling of I'm ready a SpongePod Squarecast, and that is completely okay. If you like any of the shows that I make, produce, and you want to show your support, there are many ways you can do so, none of which are monetary-wise. The first of which is subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel. It's the easiest way you can show your support. Like any of the videos on there. Share them around to any friends or family that you think might enjoy some SpongeBob, Nickelodeon, or any other future content that I create. If you do want to show your support in a monetary way, you can support the show from our anchor page in the podcast description below. And we also have a shop open where there's going to be more designs of more of the current Captain Eric this week in Nickelodeon history, and even an updated I'm Ready a SpongePod Squarecast logo that you can get on a variety of products like t-shirts and bedding covers and, and posters and whatever you'd like. So that's going to be updated a bit more soon and there's going to be a bit more of a of at least of an acknowledgement that merch exists but trust me I've never asked for a dime from any of you guys and I never will being on the ready crew is completely free of charge and each and every one of you who have been on the ready crew past present or future are always welcome aboard as always this is Captain Eric signing off for this week thank you ladies and gentlemen we'll see you here next week Please stay safe, everybody. Boating school? I thought this was Spanish class. See you, SpongeBob. See you, big fat meanie.